This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. This is the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm Simon Mann and welcome to the Test Match Special Podcast, looking back on the final day of the second test at the Aegeus Bowl, a rain-affected draw. But some interesting cricket today. We'll hear from Michael Vaughan, Atif Nawaz, Azam Mahmood, and we'll get some reaction from Azza Ali and Joe Root. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. So... This second test match has come to a, a predictable close in a draw. It's not been a great game. It's, it's not been a game that's been that well received I think from spectators, sort of watching on from, and, and listeners as well from, from outside. There's been some criticism flying around about how much cricket we've had or how little cricket we've had. We did have some cricket today and play starting at 3.20 and England moving on to 110 for four declared in reply to Pakistan's 236. Route 9 not out at the end, Butler yet to score. It was a, a nice half century from Zach Crawley making 53. He would have taken something out of this final day. And also Mohamed Abbas, who bowled beautifully, picked up a, a couple of wickets and one wicket for Yasir Shah as well. How do you reflect on this test match as a it's been very frustrating you know we can't control the weather but uh, overall we saw some uh, good cricket i think from pakistan point of view it's a really positive thing to see rizwan played so well he showed some discipline abid ali as well he played he learned from the last test match he played the ball really late and uh, it was good 60 from him and um, uh, Rizwan, young guy playing first time in England in these conditions. It was tough condition. We saw ball is doing a bit today as well, but uh, he showed some temperament, class and good discipline in his batting, which is really good sign for Pakistan. And if you see the bowlers, I think they've done okay. Uh, they've done all right in, in the, these conditions. You know, we saw ball was hooping around and doing all sort of things, but I think they uh, show some good discipline, good uh, good line and length, which is a good sign. The conditions in which Pakistan batted, are they about as difficult as you can get in Test cricket, say, away from a, a fifth-day spinning pitch in Asia? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, because normally, it, when you come to England and you'd see the seeming condition, but we saw the ball was 80 years old and he's hooping around, and it wasn't easy for the batsman to play that. Some, some of the delivery was unplayable, and they managed to play really well in the end put some good total on the board uh, because of uh, Babar Rizwan and Abed. I thought they must be happy and proud what they have achieved in this test match How about how Pakistan bowled today with just, just a few sort of dents into that England batting lineup? I think they definitely give them a, a bit more boost and credit you know like uh, we saw some good partnership from Sibley and uh, Crowley and after that you know Pakistan managed to get three wickets today which is really a good sign and uh, all of the bowlers they've done their work you know they've had the match practice bowling in the middle so which always good. Michael Vaughan is here as well. Uh, Michael how will you reflect on the the second test match at the Aegeus Bowl in the summer of I say summer uh, we are still in summer it hasn't felt like it over the last few days in the summer of 2020. Um, I've enjoyed parts of it you know, I enjoyed the last two hours. I think the cricket that we, we, we've seen has been uh, exciting. I think the pitch has played a part in that because there's uh, a little bit of movement seen. 
I think Pakistan, for that two hours out in the middle there, will take a great deal of positivity because, you know, the pitch played at probably its best because of the, the, the sun was shining. Um, when the clouds are around, we know it's going to be zipping around and they have a tap that can uh, clearly put England under a huge amount of pressure. But today with the sun shining, the, the, the pitch played nicely and then all of a sudden Babas came back on and he's a wonderful bowler. You know, just getting the ball to see me the way, you know, that dismissal of Oli Pope to Yassir Shah. You know, I think Pakistan over the course of the, the five days has probably taken a, a few more positives. But you start afresh on Friday. Um, I, I think batting first will be quite important. I think that little spell there showed that you know this pitch here, and understandably with the amount of wickets that uh, they've been asked to prepare here, uh, looks a wicket that might take some spin and some uneven bounce. Time for some reaction now. Jonathan has got Pakistan's captain. I have, as a, as a rally is here. Well, that's a, I suppose actually you'll be happy with the way that it ended in the end. Take some wickets. It's frustrating, uh, you know, weather is uh, in no one's control. Uh, obviously, it's been uh, raining every day, and the lights hasn't been light hasn't been very good as well. So, yeah, it was frustrating for the players, but uh, you know, I thought it would have been it would have been a very close game again. It would have been a very fantastic Test match setup, but unfortunately, uh, the weather uh, was uh, the winner at at yeah. the end. Do you feel you struck a few blows there, taking those wickets this afternoon? But obviously, uh, we knew it was always going to be a draw, but uh, we wanted to come out and uh, uh, bowl according to condition. I want, we wanted to make sure that we get, get enough wickets and uh, we bowl in right areas. So we do all. We wanted to do all the uh, the things we would do in any uh, conditions. Uh, so uh, any uh, condition of the match. Uh, but uh, obviously, we knew back of the mind that it's not going to be a, a result oriented. But we wanted to make a statement. Were you pleased with the way you batted in those very difficult conditions first? I'm proud of the boys because, uh, you know, the, the condition we always uh, feel that uh, in England, first couple of hours uh, or first innings is never, um, it's always something for the bowler. But uh, as a batting unit, we always take up the challenges, and which is a good sign. And uh, boys uh, always fought hard in the middle. Obviously, the, uh, we have a huge respect uh, for the bowling attack England have got. Uh, There's uh, about thousand, thousand, more than 1,000 wickets between... Uh, Anderson and Broad, uh, and a lot of experience there, and also uh, likes of Wokes and um, you know other bowlers, whoever they play as Sam Curran, whoever they their quality bowling attack. So if playing against them uh, in the conditions, uh, especially uh, the first couple of days with the clouds around, uh, ball was seeming around, and I think boys stuck to it. Obviously, you need luck in these conditions, uh, but uh, the the most heartening thing is everyone was fighting. There's been a lot of talk about the bad light. Do you have any thoughts about? What can be done? Better floodlights or pink ball, people are saying. Have you got any thoughts as, a, as, a, as an international captain how, how things could be better? Well, obviously, uh, it's, it's tough, uh, you know, as a cricket spectator, uh, you know, you know, you feel at home and you say, like, cricket should be gone. And people who are outside, they would obviously want to... Yeah, you know, see the game being played. But uh, I think umpires and the uh, the other authorities would uh, want the player safety first because uh, they are the one uh, they, uh, they are the one under pressure. They are the one who had to do it in the middle. So I think they, they, the the umpires and uh, the referee would have uh, you know they, they think about the players first. And I think they are doing the great job. Well, as a thank you, I'm sorry about the weather. I can only apologise on behalf of the whole country for how it's been done. We'll see you on Friday. No, cheers, cheers. Thank, thank you, you so much. thank you. Azar Ali is here. I think I might get a quick chat with Joe Root, who's going to come over as well. Uh, that is setting up beside me here. So it's all happening like clockwork uh, at the moment. So a friendly slap on the back to his opposite number there. And, uh, and here comes Joe, who's got a, 
He's got a big smile on his face. It's all hard to know. It was never going to be a, a sort of happy ending after all that, was it? No, and um, it would have been nice to have like a result possible at the end of today, but on a surface like that, it's impossible, really. Um, credit to, to Pakistan. I think they, in the first innings, they, they probably got more than we would have liked them to um, and got, got themselves in a position where they... You know, we're pretty safe for once we had all that weather. So um, we knew we had to just turn up today, try and be as professional as possible, put those partnerships on, and it's an experience in the bank for you know moving forward for a young batting group. It's top of the order. Um, something different for them to deal with on a challenging surface that'll give them a huge amount of confidence. That partnership in particular. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's never easy batting in, in that situation, is it? No, and especially when it's seeming around like that against probably one of the best bowls at exposing those conditions. Um, and exploiting a wicket like that. So um, credit to, to Zach and Siva. Zach in particular, I thought, played with great fluency on a wicket, which was very hard to yeah. um, feel in on. I think he was, he was very good at latching on to any sort of loose deliveries and um, I thought he played extremely well. You must have had some f- chats, I'd have thought, between the cards or whatever about, about bad light and, and what can be done. With my word, you know, we've talked about this for 50 years and, and longer and it's, it's never really been solved to everyone's satisfaction. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on bad light and what you can play in and what you can't play in and where you draw the line? Pink balls, bigger floodlights, I, I, you know, there's been all sorts of suggestions around. There's so many different ways you could look at it. Um, I think with the balls, when if the Test Championship used the same ball everywhere, um, that would make that easier in terms of changing it around, I think. Okay, yeah. um, I think the Duke ball, for example, is a lot darker than the Cookable ball, naturally maybe like a, a very light red ball um, and I think the standard of floodlights have got to be right there of a, like, of a minimum standard if you, if you like yeah. um, but I think as much as we can we've got to protect the game as it is I don't want to change it too much you don't want to drastically change the conditions because of an hour's potentially only an hour's bad light in a five day game you know, this has been a very extreme this week where you're not going to see many games like this where the other thing as well maybe starting earlier you know, starting at half ten if we lose some play. Well, everyone here too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that, that's a possibility to look at in the future. It's something that happens elsewhere in the world and it doesn't happen here. Um, so so you'd, you'd start the game with a different ball or you'd think of changing a ball? Well, potentially start the game with a light ball full stop. And, and keep it. Yeah. Probably one with no seam on it as well for as batters. That would be nice. <laughs> You're not having everything. Um, no, but, um, you know, so have a look at something like that. I'm sure they can trial it and, and see yeah. where you can take it from there. But um, I do think we found ourselves in a week where... We had very strange circumstances. I don't think there'll be many games where bad light plays such a, a part as this, this five days has. Well, you're still 1-0 up. Yep. Uh, and so thoughts, I know you've probably even started thinking about Friday yet, but can you in any way imagine what sort of side you might put out there? Obviously, attack-wise, I mean, can you see changes or rotations? or? We'll have to see. We'll have to see where, where we're at in the next couple of days. Um, and thankfully, as we have done all summer, we've got fantastic options available to us. We can have a look at the surface and see if it looks any different to this one uh, and see if there's a, a balance of attack that we really fancy on, on any given pitch. Uh, of course, we'll go into every, every game, as always, is looking to win it and make sure we do everything we can um, to try and get 2-0 in the series. Uh, but, yeah, we're, it's nice to be in this position, you know, going into the final game, 1-0 um, up. Day off tomorrow? Day off tomorrow, yeah, I think so. Good, well, good luck. Enjoy it. Cheers, thank you. Thank you, Joe, very much indeed for talking to us. There we go. Uh, Mohamed Rizwan is the man of the match. So that uh, that very exciting way that he batted. And so we've heard from the two captains. Again, it's... 
Simon, there's, there's no obvious solution. That, that light ball's quite an interesting mm. one. He was talking about the, the Kookaburra ball being a, naturally a lighter colour to the Duke, whether they play with that or all over the place. But then, as we know, uh, our English bowlers very much cherish <laughs> that Duke ball. They bowl very well with it. So I'm not sure over the course of these five days, with all the light and the weather, that there's been lots of suggestions, but no, no obvious solutions. No, I... The other thing as well, I think it's a really legitimate point that Joe Root made, is you do not get many matches like this weather-wise in England. I mean, it has been a freak the, yes. the last few days with the, with the overcast uh, conditions and, and the bad light. Just, you know, the grey sitting over the ground. I mean, normally, it's, it, if you do get cloud, it's high enough for the floodlights to take effect. But it's been really unusual conditions. And so, do you, know, do you make a radical change or what might seem to be a radical change just because of what you might call an outlier test match. I mean, that, that's something to... Perhaps it'll to, focus minds. Yeah. I mean, I, I think bad light, though, as a general rule, has to be a thing of the past. And my mind always goes back to that match in Abu Dhabi where we played five tough days of cricket and at 20-6, to six, they, they, the players walked off for bad light with England needing 20 to win and they, were, you know, they had four wickets left. And you think, can that be right for the game of cricket? I mean, you sort of, you sort of accept it because you know, you know the history of the game, but it just felt, it just didn't feel right that something like bad light in a situation like that uh, you know, had the, the winning hand, if you like. Thanks very much, uh, Jonathan. Plenty more from Jonathan in, in, in the next Test match, of course. Uh, Michael's still here. Atif is here. And Andy Zaltzman has got some, some stats as well about that declaration from England, which was 110 for four declared. Yes, it's the lowest score at which a team has ever declared in a test in England. Um, which uh, previously was uh, 111 by Australia uh, in that uh, oval test of 2013, 111 for six, they declare, when trying to set England the chase that they are. Uh, well, again, another game in which they all went off a bad light with uh, the, the game tantalisingly poised at the end. So this is the lowest score at which a team has ever declared in a test uh, in England. It's ended up, I think, it's the ninth shortest test in terms of balls bowled ever in this uh, in this country it's only the third drawn test in the last 43 in this country no sixes were hit in this test that's only the second test anywhere since the start of 17 uh, in which uh, there have been no sixes hit and the last one was the uh, the test here earlier in the summer against uh, against west indies which is a bit of a bit of a curious and it's broken sam curran's run of uh, winning every single home test in which he's played it has you must be getting so excited though when the score got to 110 we were drawing towards the end of the the test match with that record looming. It's, it's been an exciting day for everyone, Simon. Mm. Well, we've had some cricket. And, Michael, what did you make of uh, Joe Root's comments there about about light and, and balls and starting times and things like that? Yeah, I like the starting times. I think that would be sensible. Um, clearly, the game needs to find a coloured ball that works mm. in all conditions. Um, I know this, is week, this week has been very different with the conditions, but let's be honest, for a long time now in test match cricket, you know, the light's been taken far too soon. We've talked pretty much about it every single Test match this summer from the start against the West Indies here to the games at uh, Old Trafford. Um, but it's not just been this summer. It's been for a long period of time that we've all been frustrated. And when you've got lights, you, know, you need better lights. But I personally think that the game has to find the ball that's the right colour mm. to be able to play on in all conditions. Rain, you can't do anything about. Um, you know, I think covering at Test venues, I think we do have to look at that. Today the, the covers weren't quite quite big enough. Someone to... sent me a photograph of Sri Lanka earlier, you know, where they cover the whole ground when it rains. Yeah, it just seems very bizarre that um, you know that there's so much money that is at stake in the game of cricket, um, so much money from broadcasters, uh, 
administration. Uh, there's so much you know, that, that, that's kind of angling towards what we're seeing um, that surely we just need to be a little bit more proactive in terms of the covering. Uh, I have to say that the cricket that we have seen, I've mm. really enjoyed. I think the pitch here the, the, and the 22 yards and you know, the ground staff have, have had some stick this week, but let's give the ground a massive amount of credit because that is the kind of test match wicket I want to see because it, it gives something for everybody. If you get in as a batsman, you know, you've had to work hard, but you know, you can play your strokes in it. There's a spin ball, as we saw from Yasir Shah. There was a little bit there for him. Uh, the seam movement there for high-qualified, skillful seam bowlers. Uh, and there's carry through to the keeper. Pretty much everything that you require in a test match wicket. Uh, so Friday, when we start again, we'll all arrive here knowing that when we see cricket, uh, it's going to be of a high standard because we've got two high-class seam bowling attacks and one leg spinner that looks uh, like he enjoyed it this afternoon. He had a little smile on his face, yeah. almost as if to say, oh, I might enjoy Friday. Yeah, and you feel, actually, if the weather does behave itself, there will be a result between these two teams, on, especially if the surface is going to be similar to the one which we played on. How will you, re- your test match debut, Atif, how will you re- reflect on that? I'm sorry about the, you know, the fact you had so little <laughs> cricket to describe, but there we go, that's what happens. It's the game of test cricket. Well, it was a pleasure either way. It was lovely to be here and, uh, and be a part of this, this team. And uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of the cricket, as, as Michael said, the little that we saw of it was of such a high quality. It really whets your appetite for that last game because when they start playing, and hopefully, you, you can only really hope that the ground staff, the umpires, everybody will respond to the criticism by being a little bit more positive in that third game and we get to see more cr- cricket and, you know, we don't have the, uh, any reason to be overly critical of, of anybody. And, you know, we didn't really get to hear directly from the ground staff uh, mm-hmm. or the umpires. And, you know, it would have been nice because, you know, it's possible that we're not party to some reason that we didn't get some cricket in. So we felt that frustration. It was never really, uh, you know, curbed, which it could have been had they given us some, some insights. But, yeah, I mean, you'd hope that a less truncated test match you know, more consistent action. It will be even more disappointing for Pakistan than England because England still retained that 1-0 lead. Pakistan's so close to that win in the first game. It will be even more frustrating now knowing that they can't win the series. And the opposite would have been true right now. They, couldn't have, they wouldn't have been able to lose the series had this played out and they just finished off that game. So they've got to try and put that nagging feeling of underachievement behind them and come in and level the series. I must admit, though, I, I thought after the disappointment from Manchester... I expected England to blow them away here. And when I saw the ball moving as it did on day one and I saw a few early wickets, I was thinking, well, if Pakistan get beyond 150, I'd be surprised. But they showed a huge amount of skill. Abid Ali at the top of the order played beautifully. Babar Azam, you know, he's a, he's a class act in all conditions, really worked in method, leave, 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 and play on the onside. Uh, and, and Rizwan, for me, is, he's a firecracker. You know, he's, he's the kind of cricketer that I'd, I'd love to have in my team because you know that... You know, he, he wants to be out there competing. He doesn't mind chirping. He knows that he's going to have to take it. Uh, and what he played this week was an innings that I didn't think he could play because he played with great skill and control for a long period. And all of a sudden, he had to play a few shots, and he did so. And that two, uh, 30, 40, whatever they got, um, was very, very competitive on, on that kind of wicket. And if they come with the same discipline and mindset on Friday with that ball in attack, I don't think there'll be any changes from uh, Pakistan. The one change that I would make, I'd go back to Shadab Khan. I just think he offers more to the team uh, with his legsmen, particularly now they've seen Yasser. So poor old Fawad Alam. Yeah, he goes. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. He'd have to man- manoeuvre to one side purely because uh, Shadab Khan's record in England with the bat is very good. Yeah. And also, having seen Yasser Shah bowl on the wicket, he did get a little bit of spin. Surely he'd want a second spin option. Uh, fielding, you know, what Shadab Khan brings to the field. Um, it's going to be exciting because I think England know, and, and in the heart of hearts, they knew at Old Trafford, and it was that one outstanding partnership that this Pakistan team have got 20 wickets in them mm-hmm. on any wicket. And we've seen here there's movement in the seam. So 
of course they'll fancy getting 20 wickets, even on a flat wicket. The flattest wickets in the world, Pakistan, know they can get 20 wickets. So that's why Friday we arrive, hope the sun shines. I think we're in, being for an absolute classic. What, what do England do? Do they bring back Joffre Archer for Sam Curran? Uh, they could, yeah, that may, that'd be an option. Um, you know, I was surprised that they didn't go with Joffre again this week. Uh, I, I, I presume Jimmy Anderson wouldn't play in the, in the second test and come back for the third test. I can't imagine that they'll be getting the ball out of Jimmy's hand for Friday's start. Um, yeah, I think that would be a, a fair option to bring in someone that's a bit quicker. I mean, again, you look at what Pakistan got in the first innings. Realistically, if you've been ultra-critical of the England side, they dropped some catches. And they should have really bowled Pakistan out for 170-180. So, and there was that period where Rizwan started to hit the ball about and the field spread. Um, so as much as it's been a, a draw, I think we've taken a few things from this week to take into the last Test match. What would uh, Pakistan not want England to do in terms of the constitution of their pace attack, Atif, do you think? Would you, would you think they wouldn't like England to bring back Archer, therefore they should? I don't know. I mean, Archer's obviously, you know, for, for a lot of people, the most exciting bowler in world cricket right now. So, you know, him playing would be really, really exciting just from a fan perspective. But I think the Pakistani batsmen are one of in a unique position where they've got all these 90 mile now plus bowlers in their squad and there's eight of eight fast bowlers in this 28 man touring party each quicker than the last you know and uh, when you consider Mohammad Abbas is the slowest of the bunch and a bunch of them go into the 90s and you know Imran Khan's been cranking up the pace as well uh, in the in the T20 warm-up games that they've been having I, I don't think it's the pace that's going to worry them it's the reputation and weight that there was Archer one carries. ball there was one ball Mohammad Abbas bowled a ball to Joe Root and it was on a length and it flew past his right shoulder can you imagine 90-odd miles an hour of Joffrey Archer coming from, what, seven foot? Uh, and we saw the spell against the West Indies on that last afternoon. I'd be playing Joffrey on this kind of wicket on Friday. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. You can watch highlights on Today at the Test on the BBC iPlayer or website. There's Bob Willis Trophy commentary on 5 Live Sports Extra on Tuesday. And then we're back on air 10.25am on Friday for the third and final test of the series. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.